Why me? Well, actually, it's you, and that's why. Most people have asked themselves questions such as What wrong have I done? Is God deaf and blind? Can't he see me suffering? Is my natal chart so horrible? Is it not due to the wrong placements of planets on my chart? Why does my neighbor get all the good things in life while I still suffer? I am bitter and angry. I wish I could end my life and be done with all the trouble. What needs to be understood is that no one, no God or no planet is doing anything to or unto you. The only one who is the cause behind whatever you have or do not have is you. It's due to your own karma. It is the natural law of cause and effect. Let us take a moment to analyze the different theories about destiny that we could think of. Theory number one, there is no God, no destiny, no karma or any other such system. And everything happens purely by chance. Theory number two, it is the law of cause and effect also known as karma, that is behind the inequalities, challenges, troubles, rewards, happiness, wealth, poverty, etc. Theory number three, there is a God or Father in heaven who watches us all. He gets upset if we do not respect him or follow his religion. He punishes people who do not revere him and rewards people who obey him by converting to his religion and following his commandments. Now people who like to think rationally would straightaway eliminate the third theory. This leaves us with two theories which are 1. Everything happens by chance and 2. It is the law of cause and effect that is at work. If we were to go by the theory number one, we can be sure that we cannot do much anyway. However, should we go by the theory number two, we would have to take responsibility for our thoughts, words and deeds and this would make us better citizens of the world. Alright, but who is it that is watching us and taking note of our karma? Where are all those records kept? Do Lord Yama and Chitragupta really exist? But are we not people who think rationally? The answer as given in various Dharmic scriptures such as the Puranas and Upanishads etc. is that when a person dies, 
that Atman carries along with it the mind and the gunas, nature or attitude of the individual it has left before entering into another body that becomes a new individual. Shloka 15.08 of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita When the soul, which is the master, acquires a body, it takes the mind and the five senses from the body it has left, just as the wind takes different odors along with it. This explains why babies as young as a few weeks old have strong personality traits, and as they grow, they reveal their innate nature, hidden talents, skills, and general character. How does karma work and how and why do we get paid for our past karma? As said in Shloka 15.08, every Atman carries along with it the attitude of the deceased person into the new body. This means that old patterns continue in the new person's life too. Until the old gunas or attitudes exist, the patterns in one's life will not change but they could only get worse. Then what about praying with devotion? Will praying not be a good remedial measure for past karma? We can take up severe penances and balance our past karma, can't we? The answer, unfortunately, is a big no. Karma cannot be erased, but it can only be settled, balanced or outweighed. Take a look at the Karma 60-20-20 principle. 60% of your destiny has already been written by your past karma from your previous janmas or lifetimes. You are already born into a particular family belonging to a particular strata of the society. You have your own basic personality, you're educated and so on. These are things which cannot be changed. 20% of your destiny has also been already created through your karma until the present moment of your current janma. This includes all the good and bad things you have done so far in the current janma of yours. This too cannot be changed. This leaves you with 20% that you can alter through new karma. The only way that seems to be available to clear past karma is by settling it through the open 20% of the 60-20-20 equation. Krishna says in Shloka 1866 of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita, Giving up all your ideas of righteousness or religion, take complete refuge in me. I will liberate you from all sinful reactions or karma. Do not fear. So what happens by following Krishna? How can doing so settle or balance my past karma? By following Krishna's teachings, a person is usually more disciplined, modest, honest, sincere, dutiful, kind, compassionate, good at work, and above all, respects nature and is socially responsible. Performing work with devotion and social responsibility and get one loads of new positive karma that can outweigh past negative karma. The previous faulty attitude of such a person who follows Krishna's teachings does not exist anymore. 
and this breaks their old negative patterns, replacing them with new positive patterns. Whereas not taking steps to change one's attitude, but attempting to solve problems through remedial measures, sold by some fake religious people or astrologers, amounts to spiritual corruption, of which the natural karmic result can only be more negative karma. Spiritual corruption, corruption in spirituality, and trade-offs with gods. Scenario 1 Dear God, what wrong have I done? Don't you have a heart? Do you derive pleasure out of the sufferings of innocent people like me? Please help me. If you help me solve my financial problems, A. I will donate 10% of my profits to your temple. B. I will gift you gold ornaments, diamond necklaces and a diamond crown. Scenario 2 Government officer to a builder. I cannot grant you permission to construct your proposed building because your design does not meet legal requirements. The builder to the officer. Please do me the special favor and grant me permission. If you could do this for me, I shall have a suitcase full of money sent to your home tonight. Think about it. What is the difference between a person trying to bribe an official for a particular favour and one who promises the presiding deity of a temple a handsome offering if their objective is fulfilled? Are they not the same? One is official corruption and the other is spiritual corruption. What is the simplest way to set things right in life? There is a step which contains everything essential for a fulfilling life. Read and understand the Srimad Bhagavad Gita. The world is an extension of the conscious mind. Therefore, learning to master your mind needs to be your priority number one. The Srimad Bhagavad Gita is the perfect mind management manual. Once you have read it, you may study it, research it, discuss it with others, and listen to spiritual masters giving discourses on it. Make sure that you know the five factors that cause action. Shloka 18.14 The five factors are 1. The body which is the seat of action 2. The ego that claims to be the doer 3. The mind and the various senses 4. The different functions performed by the being 5. And the self or the superconsciousness within as the fifth factor. Saying and doing things mindfully can cause positive changes in the karmic patterns in one's life. Unless one changes their attitude and consciously breaks unwanted patterns in their life, they cannot usher in prosperity and happiness into their life. No amount of praying, penance, serving godmen or godwomen, or bribing deities can yield any positive results. The Supreme God principle is all-pervading, and one should not be reducing the greatest power without which nothing can exist to some kind of a 
spectre-like being or a cruel and moody megalomaniacal man who resides up above in the skies or only in temples. Krishna is the self in every being and one's body is a temple of the most supreme self. Challenges in life make it more interesting, eventful and worth living as compared to the life of an overfed super-rich individual who does not have to do much in life. Life is the greatest gift and every living being receives this gift every moment of their life. Being alive is the greatest reason to celebrate every moment of life. Are you upset with someone who wronged you? Simply forgive them and end the pattern. You don't want the cycle of John hurt Mary, so Mary hurt John, and again John hurt Mary and so on, do you? Be done with it. No one and nothing is worth wasting your present which is a present for. Learn to smile at challenges. Remember, you caused them, and also that they are making you a better person, leading you towards your ultimate goal of attaining Krishna, Brahman, Moksha or Superconsciousness. Stop complaining because it's a sheer waste of time. Instead, try working on carving out your own destiny through rightful action as taught by Krishna. Be a karma yogi. Don't worry, be happy. Stay blessed with great health, freedom, peace and prosperity. Thank you.